This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet where myself, Dan Selke of WintersComing.net, and my new co-host here talk about all things TV, movies, fantasy, sci-fi, dragons, space lasers, anything important, we discuss it. Um, I'm Dan Selke. I'm editor of WintersComing.net, and I have with me here, oh dear, uh, Daniel Roman, although we have his... We should have discussed that beforehand. Whatever. Daniel. We, <laughs> That's probably we, my bad. <laughs> we have Daniel. And um, I'm excited yeah. to talk about him because Daniel is officially our new associate editor on WintersComing.net. Congratulations, Daniel. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. Woo. Super excited. Can't Daniel. can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to it, too. It starts next week. Um, at the risk of doing a little bit to um, middle school first day, would you tell <laughs> the audience something about a little about yourself and uh, just um, your, your, your background and interest for just like 30 seconds? Sure. Uh, yeah. So, so my name is Daniel or Dan. I, I started going by Daniel when it's I started working Daniel. at Winter's Coming. It, it I, I, does. I don't see other option. It would be way too confusing. Otherwise, we'd never get anything done. Um, so yeah, I am a super nerd. I love uh, Song of Ice and Fire and Brandon Sanderson and all those sorts of epic fantasy books. Uh, I write some science fiction and fantasy myself. So Ooh. that I, has been a great excuse to be hyper obsessed with it for years now at this <laughs> point. And yeah, it's it's crazy to think back on how much stuff like George R. R. Martin's work has changed my life because I don't know if I would be here without reading them. I play a lot of video games too, like Mass Effect and Zelda and all those sorts of things. And yeah, a little bit of music on the side. So very nice. Lots of different interests. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like a, a good fit for this place where we're all pretty damn nerdy. So um, yeah. yeah, we're going to do it soon and see what happens. But for right now, on Take the Black. Um, there are other nerdy things to talk about. For instance, Yes. You have, I think, seen the entirety of the final season of the Amazon Prime Video Science Fiction Program, The Expanse. Okay, I so have The Expanse. I'll, I'll be honest; like, I haven't. I've watched. I've watched like the first two seasons, and I've kind of haven't had a. I just haven't gotten around to watching the rest. I like it. I'm okay. not completely in love with it. What to you makes The Expanse worth watching? Oh man, The Expanse. So it is the closest thing to Game of Thrones on air, in my opinion. The, the Expanse <laughs> has excellent politics in space. It's super consistent. Uh, there's, they, I love the saying, you can judge a show by its weakest link. And The Expanse right. has no weak links. The, the entire run at this point, I can say. The cast is amazing. There's, there's like a, a really strong found family element where you get cool. really attached to the the crew of this main starship, the Rosinante. Um, they're, That's a good they, name. Yeah, it is. They're, they're tilting at windmills. 
They're always <laughs> going up against people they shouldn't be. The the one main character, James Holden, has a habit of putting his foot in it and getting involved in interstellar conflicts when he's just the captain of this tiny, tiny warship, basically. There's a lot of really cool alien stuff, too. The alien sci-fi stuff is fantastic. Yeah, The Expanse is a wonderful show. And it's kind of evidenced by the fan base. Honestly, yeah. it got canceled once. It came back. I have a feeling it'll be back again, even after this season. I have a feeling that's going to happen, too. I Because nothing really ever gets canceled nowadays, which is nice for creatives everywhere. Because um, it, it's so yeah. there are so many different platforms. You can always find something. And as I understand yeah. it, there are nine books. And this final season is up uh, adapting the sixth, which is obviously... Yeah. Not the ninth. Yeah. Yeah. This season is uh, adapting Babylon's Ashes, the sixth book. And it is a, it's got a pretty self enclosed endpoint mm-hmm. within the series. So the expanse is kind of cool because it's not uh, just nine books. It, it's kind of like they have arcs that end within the series. Sure. Um, I saw Ty Frank, one of the two authors who writes right. this series, say that he, they thought of it as, three duologies and then a final trilogy so like the first two expanse books tell one story the third and fourth are one story the fifth and sixth and when you look at it that way it really does kind of click so this is wrapping up the story of the fifth and sixth books which has kind of been going on the whole time that the show has been at at amazon Mm -hmm. like they introduced some of the villains for the fifth and sixth books at the end of the fourth season smart yeah, so it, it felt really consistent and really great. It doesn't totally feel like the end, though, because it's not. Like you said, it's not book nine. Do you think they have a plan to end it, or are they just leaving some things open, hoping, maybe even assuming, that they're going to get picked up by Netflix, HBO Max, uh, Peacock, whoever? Yeah. Well, so some mild book spoilers here. And sure, for, for reference, I haven't read all the books, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to spoil anything huge. So after the sixth book, there is a 30-year time jump before oh, the seventh. Yeah. So they, it, it seems like instead of trying to cram uh, lots of different plot lines from later books into season six, they just set out, they told the story of the sixth book and they left it in a way that felt really satisfying that wrapped up a bunch of stuff, right. but didn't touch on everything. And let, they spent a surprising amount of time. There's one plot line that was felt like a lot of setup for next season, <laughs> which obviously we don't have a next season. Um, I was really surprised that it, didn't converge more um sure so yeah it seems like they just kind of stuck to their guns and and decided to tell the story they were going to tell and part of that was setting up what the next iteration of the expanse would be whether that is in a few years or you know because there's the time jump they kind of have given themselves this wonderful window where if they come back in 10 years that's fine because the, the actors will all be older and that works. It will be perfect. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It, 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 it is kind of weird that like, um, like if Jeff Bezos doesn't have enough money to fund three seasons of more of the expanse, like 
it must not have done spectacularly, you know, it must have done like, okay, but it, it did never become yeah. like the giant game of Thrones size hit, even though it's fan base is hugely passionate. I, I know that. Um, yeah. In terms of this final season, like let, let's say it is the final season. And I think they've aired one episode yeah. so far and not the next five. Yep. Are you as a fan satisfied? If this did end, would you be like, all right, good show. Let's move on. Or would you be like always a little bit upset? So I would, it's really hard to judge, honestly, because sure. I know there's more um, <laughs> and the, and the show ended as if there's more like, it, it, yeah, that's that note it ends on is that, you know, life goes on. Basically I would be satisfied. I, I think there's a quote from Naren Shanker floating Ooh. around the showrunner where he All basically right. talks about how it's a, it's a borderline miracle to get a show through six seasons, a show like the expanse that's super effects yeah, yeah, driven. Yeah. So I would be, I was satisfied when it was three seasons. Like I would have been disappointed <laughs> if it didn't get more, but the fact that it got to six and ended uh, on a high note, like the sixth season is really spectacular. I think. Cool. Um, I I don't think I was a little nervous when I saw it was only six episodes. I had like Game of Thrones PTSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like, are they gonna rush things? Uh, they didn't do that at all. It it really ended strong. So I think I would say I'd be satisfied, and then I'd go read the books. Perfect. Yeah, there's always the books. I mean, um, yeah. I swear I will get back into it. There's just, there's so much to watch now. I mean, I'm sure, you know, it's yeah. like, I, I can barely keep up with like, I, I, I haven't watched Hawkeye yet. The wheel of time. I just got a screener for that. Looking forward to that. I'm watching that like yeah. 19 hour Beatles documentary. It isn't fancy or sci-fi, but I am watching. Oh my it. gosh. That looks really, really good. Is it it's good? Like, oh yeah. I, I mean, as a Beatles, as a Beatles, I'm totally loving it, but I'm not sure. I imagine like, if you're not into it already, it would just be eight hours of watching some hippies in a room arguing with each other. But if you're into it, like yeah. me, it, it, it's very much intense. Cool. Speaking of a TV landscape, which is ever growing and just um, has lots of opportunities for giant new shows. A AMC is making a vampire chronicle show based on Anne Rice is books. Yeah. Like I want to say like 15 vampire chronicles books, which is news right now. Oh my God. Are there that many of them? Uh, okay. I'll be honest. I did pull the number out of my ass a bit, but um, there are definitely more than 10. <laughs> yeah. There's They're pulling in the Mayfair witches too. I heard. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Like, there are a like lot. A several of those. She, she, I mean, she was writing them since the seventies. She wrote a lot. Yeah. And we're bringing yeah. that up because I think this past Saturday, Anne Rice died at the age of 81. And I wanted to pause on the show because well, I didn't really write about it because it just didn't have the time. But um, I wanted to pause and talk with just anybody someone, about just Anne Rice, <laughs> her impact. because She had an impact and just sort of what yeah. she meant to literature and then kind of more for our purposes like TV and movies today, because it, 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 it's it's hard to think of what we don't get if we didn't have Interview with the Vampire. And I think 76, yeah. the 70s. Like, so yeah, things like Twilight, Vampire Diaries, or like Discovery of Witches, like Teen Wolf, like anything that involves angst and supernatural stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> the basically, the entire yeah. CW owes its life to Anne Rice. And I'm... <laughs> I I'm not exaggerating there, like everything from like Buffy yeah. to Angel, everything after that, like she before Interview with the Vampire, like every vampire story was, was like Dracula, but with a twist, you know? Yeah. And that story kind of recentered it on. It's about the monsters now. 
the monsters are always horny and um yeah. there's just this whole she opened up this whole huge genre of popular horror fiction that came up yeah. in books in movies i mean on ya stuff i think you can like draw a line from interview with the vampire to something um like kind of like the 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 actually no i'm gonna abandon that i know where i was going with that she's very very important did you have any experience with yeah. Anne rice um so i yes a, a little bit i have only read interview with the vampire mm. um Strangely enough, I have more attachment and experience with the screen adaptations of Anne Rice's work. Like, I loved the interview with the vampire movie. That was something Mm. I watched like as a as a kid or as a young teen, we'll say um, that I just loved. And yeah, it it really set the tone for like, like you said about um, monsters and angst. And really, like, monsters being angsty about being yeah. monsters. Yes, um, that like, was a new thing. Like, like that, Dracula never got that, down yeah. about it. He would just like to kill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is fascinating because, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at Castlevania, the, the new oh, Castlevania sure. adaptation on Netflix, he is really angsty about vampires and humanity and, and all that stuff. Like, he's a real angsty Dracula. He's so it, it almost feels yeah. like. Yeah, he is. He's a downer, but it, it feels like kind of a full circle thing because, you know, Dracula existed before Anne Rice, but that kind of Dracula might not have existed if not for Anne Rice's work. Oh, yeah, I completely agree with you. And just, yeah, just, and it's, I mean, now it's coming back around because now we're in a post Marvel phase where everyone wants to have a cinematic yeah. universe. So now they kind of, AMC decided it's it's Anne Rice's turn. Yeah. So I feel like her work is going to be put through that perspective now, uh, where we'll see what a Marvel version of the Vampire Chronicles looks like. Or they're going to try. We'll see if they succeed because only so many yeah. of these things can like be successful. But um, yeah, just modern pop culture, especially when it comes to horror, it just looks very different without her. And I know that she had her controversies, yeah. like um, just an interesting sidebar with Anne Rice is that she was like, her work was one of like the first big vehicles for online fanfic writers. Like it was just at the right time, the internet's coming up and these, you know, kind of teenagers who are exploring themselves or discovering the sexy vampire fiction with all this yearning in it. And all of these kind of like <laughs> pangs of like um, love and lust and uh, ennui and melancholy. And they're just eating yeah. it up. And perfect for fan fiction. Oh, perfect. It was it couldn't be. It was like that and the X-Files, like the, like the TV and the literature, <laughs> early online fanfic blow ups. And um, yeah. to be fair to Anne Rice, I, I do think like no one really knew what to do at the time. It's, it's not like now we fanfic is kind of like a big um established space in itself uh she was pretty famously hated it uh and um yep sent like cease and desist and like people who did it like folks still did it but they had to like go underground and like do it on these like dark web message board (laughs) things and like email each other's stories i mean it sounds like a good movie in itself honestly like if you if you didn't have the address you couldn't find the address (laughs) no you had to know the person you had to save the uh, member's life to become a member and only then could you um actually be part of the community that is pretty fast and and she and she never got over that i and like she um she was pretty argumentative like she didn't know not to read the comments you know like we didn't find that out until later in life yep 
Well, I mean, Anne Rice was around in the early days of the internet. So yeah, mm-hmm. she, I, I saw some people talking about her, like going after readers, reviewing her work on some sites and stuff like that. That, that sounds so, about yeah. right. Yeah. And it, I mean, you know, thinking of an older author mm-hmm. being exposed to that before, like now it's it, in 2021, it's very much like don't read the comments as a thing yes, that like we know is that. Im- imprinted on us, you know, mm-hmm. like even but, like uh, even like a George R. R. Martin, like, you know, his stuff didn't blow up until like later after the Internet. I mean, blow yeah. up in that way. Anyway, it was popular. Not yeah, it was popular, like blow up in that way until after the Internet was well established. And we knew, you know, some distance is nice. I, I feel like she never quite got that note. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But again, I mean, hugely influential. It's a big loss. It's a shame she didn't get to see her work um, adapt to TV or whatever comes of that. Yeah. And yeah, it is a loss. And it's it, 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 it's worth talking about and honoring her for her contribution. I think she had it quite a bit. Absolutely. And she was, you know, she was still writing like pretty much right up until the end. Like she had new Vampire Chronicle books out in like That's the past true. five years, I think, like Lestat and it went to Atlantis. I think. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, they got pretty wild uh, the, the longer they yeah. went on. But um, I read uh, Interview with the Vampire, and then I read Blood and Gold in like a Borders over okay. the course of a couple of months. Um, I never actually paid for a copy. I probably should do that at some point. <laughs> like you went and read a chapter and went home? Yeah, exactly. Like I would just like every, <laughs> I don't know, like every couple of days, like pop in like, eh, what's happening with this Marius? That was the guy's name. And then I, I think I finished oh, the entire yeah. thing. I read a few books like that. I feel bad about it now. Looking back, um, I should have um, looking just, at just borders. Yeah, exactly. I, <laughs> yeah, I, borders I could have helped them. I always forget borders yeah. went under and Barnes and Nobles didn't. Right. Barnes and Nobles still around. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, those those handful of books you read definitely would have been the difference for borders. <laughs> so I wouldn't feel too guilty. Hey, me and Les, I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the only one to get that idea. But OK, so I'm sorry, but, borders. That's true. All right. Uh, moving right along. So again, tons of TV on right now. Can't stop it. It won't stop. Lots of, I mean, I'm quite enjoying all the stuff we got going on. So in terms of what are we watching, I assume you're watching the wheel of time. Uh, I am. Yes. I, I went a little slow with the wheel of time because I'm not covering it. So I was kind of yeah. taking oh, yeah. my time you and enjoying it. Uh, but I'm caught up now. And yeah, I, I've been really enjoying it. It's been a, a strange experience to watch The Wheel of Time just because it's mm. so different. It, it, you kind of have to release yeah. your expectations of how they're going to adapt it. I mean, what have, what have you thought? You've been watching it, right? Yeah, I have. Um, and I was curious about you because I know that you have read the books more than I have. I'm, I'm, I'm on book four right now, and I've kind of happened for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I liked it since the start. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well-made. You can tell the folk behind it care about it. You know, you kind of um, see that they are invested, especially just the main guy, Ralph Judkins, Rafi Judkins. I'm not sure how to say his name. Um, I think Rafe. Oh, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Rafe. This last episode though, I, I, I think I kind of loved it a bit. This one was really strong. Although I think in part it was because it reminded me of game of Thrones a lot where there was like a lot of um, backdoor dealings. And I think Rafe Judkins, I think he might be more interested in Moiraine than in the Wheel of Time. Because yeah, this episode was all about her. And I, I could just, something was different. I could just tell like they were paying a little closer attention to 
uh, like all the 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 lines they were saying to like I, I loved like all the different kind of layers it peeled back about her. It was her show, yeah, and it was to me kind of far and away the best one I'd seen so far. What did you think of it? Yeah, I. I- I would agree. The only other part of the season that has come close to it so far for me was the end of the fourth episode. Um, That's pretty good, yeah. Which which was the the Nynaeve, the stuff with Nynaeve and Loghain. That was um, solid. That, which, I ironically, was the other probably biggest deviation that the, the show has made so far. That was yes. something like everything with Loghain happens off page, off screen. Yeah. Uh, that that whole stuff. Um, so that was a huge deviation, and it really worked. And this, it, it was really good. This episode, I liked even more. I definitely agree with you about Moiraine. Like they've made a very conscious choice to center this season around her more, because you know, in Eye of the Worlds, the novel, you get like Rand, you get some chapters from Perrin, I think a couple from Nynaeve, and like that's more or less it from what I recall. Like I you don't right, get yeah. Moiraine chapters, so. It it's cool to see how they are. It's nice that they're making it more of an ensemble piece, and she's kind of like the Gandalf. But they they made it. They showed her humanity a little more in this episode, which oh. I think is a tricky thing with the Aes Sedai because it you can they can lose their mystique a little bit if you go too far down that rabbit hole because they're supposed to be such, like these sure, borderline kind of ageless looking exactly like uh, never you know lose their cool stuff like that. Um, but man, Rosamund Pike kills it. And the actress who played Swan Sancha. Oh, she was great it. too. It was amazing. So yeah, I really loved this episode. I think it was probably my favorite too. And it, it's interesting because it had some book two and three stuff. Um, yeah. They're I think it was the first episode. I mean, like this show is adapting, say, The Wheel of Time a lot more loosely than say Game of yes. Thrones did the first Game of Thrones book. And I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, like, so I moderate all the comments on Wick and um, I know folks like to complain. <laughs> Most of the ones with time are, there are some defenders, but a lot of them are on the order of this is garbage. Why are they changing it? I hate it. Robert Jordan would roll over yeah. in his grave. There's, there's quite a bit of that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I do not see that. Like, okay. I'll be honest too. I don't, love the wheel of time books like i'm reading them i'm enjoying them i don't love them i like oh, them my, the I blasphemy don't, no it's I, fair it's fair I, I have not yet fallen in love with them there, there's like some kind yeah. of antiquated tone stuff i always keep bumping up against and the characters are like just they're not as deep as i want them to be so i'm all for some changes and i think they've made some good ones yeah. I, i'm enjoying the show more than i enjoyed the books i'll say that oh man well that's that's cool <laughs> The thing I will say, so I've read all the Wheel of Time books and the prequel, Mm -hmm. and the the depth with the characters is really gradual. So, like, you look at something like uh, like a Song of Ice and Fire, where you have, say, Jon Snow go from being a, a steward to the Lord Commander in like one book. You get these huge arcs for people, and it's very you can step back and be like, This is where they started, this is where they ended for this book. Right. And the Wheel of Time is not always like that. Like some of the books are like that for some of the characters, uh, but it's much more gradual and it's over like I don't know, like ten thousand pages, <laughs> like some ridiculous amount. So the show is condensing a lot of the character work, I think. And I think that's working for it really well for the most part. I think there are a few things they're kind of glossing that 
I got a little stuck on. Like, I didn't think they explained why Loyal was with the group very yeah. well. There's just he was kind just kind of like, like, all right, we enlisted this, uh, this Ogier to help us out here. I love Loyal yeah. the Blarks, my favorite character. By the way, I just oh, realized oh, he's great in the books. It's him and Nynaeve are on my top two. I, I always like Maureen as well. Nice. Um, but, yeah. um, but again, like what, what you said about, uh, about character depth, like, yeah, you, you're right. It, it is. It, it takes a longer time, but like, clearly they did it with Maureen because they, they, yeah. in this episode, they put everything back. Like, I feel like, I feel like he just likes Maureen a lot. And as long as he could yeah. uh, maybe apply that to some of the others, I, I want to fall in love with the rest as thoroughly as I am in love with Moraine is, is what I want to happen. And yeah, but I'm fully willing to go on the journey. I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, I have a screener tonight. I'm going to go home and watch. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, so nice. Jealous. Yeah. jealous. <laughs> and by the way, I'm noticing yeah. that um, our, our, our Facebook is messing up. So all our commenters are over on um, YouTube. I'm sorry about that guys. Facebook has some problem today. And um, I'm going to go ahead and say Julie and Saul um, agree with me about everything, which is very astute of them. Do you have a point, Daniel? I wasn't sure if I cut you off. Yeah. I, th- the one thing I'm curious, sorry, there is one thing I'm curious about your opinion on Hit from me. the wheel of time. Sure. And so spoilers here for the last episode for anyone mm-hmm. who hasn't watched. What did you think of the stuff with Matt? What did you think of oh, the way the episode ended with Matt gotta not be, going to It's got to be the actor. It's got to, because that's, that's what, what I it thought. felt like. Because I mean, that yeah. is a... So basically at the end of the episode, Matt, who's a big character player, Barney Harris is supposed to go on this journey with the other characters to the eye of the world. And in the book he does. And here he just kind of stays behind. I, I mean, it yeah. kind of fits his character because Matt's kind of a dick, which is why I don't like him in the book very much. Yep. Um, <laughs> they can probably get away better. with it. He gets better. I, <laughs> I'm glad. Um, he, <laughs> I, I, he just made me mad. Taking it away probably and, and right around that. But I have to think it's got to be whatever the reason they're replacing him. And I'm very curious to know what it is because um, I, yeah. I don't know. And if you have any hot teeth, if it'll spill, that's got to be it. The only thing. Yeah. The only thing I've heard that seems concrete is that the show shut down for COVID. Uh, sure. Yeah. During like like its fourth block of filming, like like deep into its production, it had to right, shut right. down. Everyone went home when they resumed filming. Barney Harris wasn't able to continue. That seems to be the one concrete thing I've been able to parse out of all the rumors. There are a lot of rumors. Like I've seen people say like he was against getting a vaccine, which is just like blatantly false because the vaccine (laughs) wasn't around then. So, but uh, I've seen some people who like found the picture of his plane ticket that he had posted on Instagram. So apparently he flew to Prague, but then didn't resume filming or like, we don't know what happened. We just saw the plane ticket. And then it's a mystery. Um, so I mean, I'm like, really waiting for them to comment on it at some point. I mean, they might never do it. It probably is some boring yeah. thing like schedules don't work out. This is a complicated show we're talking about. This is like flying yeah. all around different sets, different locations, special effects, tons of actors and tons of extras during a pandemic. It gets complicated. Things happen. I yeah. assume it's a pretty dull explanation. I want it to be Barney Harris was an impossible diva and cut people out and threw like the craft <laughs> service table around the room. I'm sure it's not though. It's probably very normal. Yeah. I would imagine you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope everyone's healthy. Everything's good, but yeah, I would think it's some kind of pro- like regular production reason. Yeah. I imagine. And we'll find out when it gets huge, there'll be like a tell all book somewhere down the line. And by the way, yeah. uh, again, I, I am uh, sorry to all our commenters and listeners that um, 
Facebook is being weird today. Sometimes it happens. Um, moving on, you're also watching the Hawkeye program, which I am too, but I haven't watched the most recent I episode. Am. So oh, man. you've watched the most recent one. Do you have anything to get off your chest, Daniel, about how cool it was? Yeah, I do. So so spoilers here for the okay. most recent Hawkeye. I watched like it four, right before. Three, two, yeah. one. Okay, spoilers go. Okay, spoilers. So the most recent Hawkeye mm-hmm. revealed uh, who the big guy is that Hawkeye has been hinting at and saying, oh, there's someone above Maya, Echo, mm-hmm. uh, that you don't want to mess with. That's kind of been a thing it's come back right, to. Right. And the internet has been abuzz with theories about this Naturally. for weeks that the Kingpin was going to be coming onto Hawkeye. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio from mm-hmm. Daredevil Great would be him. appearing in this show. Yeah. Oh my God. He's amazing. I've Good been voice. rewatching the Daredevil season three in anticipation of this happening. And we didn't see Vincent D'Onofrio this week, but we saw a picture of what looks a lot like him. And we got the confirmation <laughs> that it's the Kingpin. Um, it's, it's the note the episode ends on. That's the Kingpin. It looks a lot like a blurry Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, <laughs> I love so that because so you can do, Yeah. So it, it's confirmed at least that it's the Kingpin. It's most likely Vincent D'Onofrio because... Kevin Feige recently confirmed that Charlie Cox will be coming to the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to know that someone like Kevin Feige is not making a statement like that unless ink is dry on contract somewhere. Like this dude could keep secrets like no one else. He's been doing it since day one for the MCU. So, yeah, I, I think it's there are a lot of rumors uh, that Charlie Cox could show up in Spider-Man No Way Home. So the fact that we're getting, yeah. So the fact that we're getting a confirmation that potentially Vincent D'Onofrio is in Hawkeye, like within the same week as no way home hits, (laughs) um, man, that feels, that feels Uh, real intentional. Oh, they're so brilliant over there. They time everything. So the entire operation, like a clockwork little machine, Kevin Feige wants to give the people what they want. And (laughs) he just, he has, their whiteboards must be so full of little details and arrows that go here and things that line up so perfectly. Yeah. God, that man is, is pretty incredible. What, what, what he's done it, for television movies in general, but okay. Yeah, it's here's, insane. Here's my critique of um, okay. this kind of little discourse thing. So I'm enjoying yeah. Hawkeye. It's fun. I like it. Um, I liked the action scene with the car where they were using like sticky arrows or whatever. That mm-hmm. was cute. I like him in the ball pit. That was awesome. That, that was fun. Um, yeah. It, uh, I always get a little bothered with Marvel stuff in particular when it seems like the big moments are not so much about like the drama the show has actually built, but by how's it connect? Like for like yes. tips of that, we've had like Echo comes in who was going to be spun yep. off into a series already. We had, oh, it's the character from Black Widow. She's here now. And now we have, yep. it's a character we recognize from Daredevil. He's in here now. And like, that's the selling point. And it's it's like, yep. um, I, 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 I feel like I want a show that sells itself and that kind of has a contained story that I get excited about because of what it built to. And with Marvel, yeah. it's all this intertextual stuff that um, it's kind of like a Big Mac version of satisfaction like it's good it's tasty i like it yeah but it, it's it, it's 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 the end it, it, it's a little more it's almost like a fake high because yeah bringing in a character who i liked on something else is not really a dramatic climax it's just um it's a cool little 
endorphin hit that goes away pretty yeah. quickly. So that's my it's, issue with kind of, frankly, a lot of Marvel. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they're in real danger as much as I'm enjoying it because, you know, we've all been watching these things for so long now that we, if you're really into it, you get the references, hopefully, you know, you recognize Vincent D'Onofrio or whoever, but I, I feel like they're in real danger of overdoing it with that because that is like their thing right now. Like they had very much Ralph so. Boner fake out and WandaVision that I'm still a little mad right. about. <laughs> uh, you know, they're doing this now with Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio. Spider-Man No Way Home is filled with it. There are rumors that Multiverse of Madness might feature an X-Men. Like, so yeah, that is, you know, with the multiverse, that's totally the route they're going. And I kind of agree with you that like, as much as I'm enjoying it, I'm a little nervous about how like you said, like just what's holding the emotional weight, because as cool as it is to see Vincent D'Onofrio or it will be hopefully next week, because yeah, we didn't really see him this week. Um, They've got him planned out for what he's going to be in for the next like two years. They've got him all exactly where he's going to be. He'll yeah. Be but you can't compare it. Like, even if we get one episode with him right now, compare that to daredevil where it was like, 13 episodes a season and it was going super deep into his psyche and how him and daredevil like just despise each other like i don't think marvel has i'm gonna make a bold statement here and i i don't think the mcu has really had a hero villain uh relationship that has been on par with that because they spent so much time with those two just like getting in each other's business basically it's like digging in general like i'm not sure the mc was really loves to dig that deep um which is fine i mean entertainment's great and folk are really freaking hyped for no way home so no way home which comes out on Uh, friday they yeah i mean that thing is gonna clean up i'm probably gonna skip it (laughs) i'm not sure i'll see it are you really you think so i've i'm burnt out on marvel i am it just it 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 it, (laughs) It happened around Shang-Chi. I saw that in the theater and I was like, that was so fine. Like, I, I don't have to keep yeah. going to these things. Do I? Yeah, that's kind of where I am. And I don't mean to be like a downer. I really don't. I'm not trying to like be a grumpy goose. I want to go to the thing that people like, but <laughs> I feel like I've seen what they have to offer. I feel like until I see something really new and it's going to be like, yeah, I mean, I just complained about like little hits of nostalgia subbing in for drama. Like that, that's, that's no way home, right? That's going to be like, Senior, 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 senior theme. We have like, I know that guy. I know that guy. I remember him. Remember when I was 12? That guy was there, Um, which I'm sure will feel nice. Yeah. (laughs) Or make me feel old. Probably a little bit of both. So I don't know. I don't know. It it doesn't really excite me that much, but um, maybe I don't know. They're in danger of burning their fans out, I think. Like, no, they're not because that movie's going to be so successful. Of of course. Everyone who loves it, go love it. I just. Yeah, I haven't been. In I'm going to be there. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Tell us about I, it. I am super excited for Spider. I mean, I love the Spider-Man movies and always have. So I am stoked for that. But I I put off Hawkeye for weeks for exactly the reason you're talking about. Like, sure. I was just like, ah, there is just always some Marvel thing to be consuming right now. And that's cool. But like Wheel of Time's coming. And I definitely care a lot more about that. Yes, I'm more invested. Like I, I wasn't on WandaVision. I'll say that I was pretty invested in that one. Yeah, even that like WandaVision little, was like, fantastic. Mm, WandaVision was. Uh, they haven't topped that yet in terms of their TV shows. Um, I agree. But yeah, the Wheel of Time. I am definitely more into. But God bless. Have fun with everybody who loves Marvel. 
And as the comments here on the YouTube say, um, Julie is watching The Witcher season one, right of season two is coming out. Nice. Um, yeah, Julie, um, I'm, I'm watching season two now. And I'm going to say, I think it is an improvement, which is solid. Yes. That's great. You will like it more. I, I, I didn't listen to either, but yeah, it's better. And as Julie says, too, told you Kendall wouldn't drown. Succession, you don't want to session, but there was a character who was, they'd faked out that he's going to die. I was really psyched he would die, then he didn't die. And I'm disappointed, frankly. I think they chickened out, Julie. Oh. I, th- I, I think they should have gone further and killed that gentleman, but they didn't. <laughs> and we're just here and see what happens next. All right. Anything else to say before we go into our final segment? Um, I don't think so. I think we, you know, we talked about all the, all the Marvel stuff and, and what we've been watching. Yeah, no, I'm ready for the lightning round. Okay. Let's, Let, do, let's it. do it. <laughs> all right. Wick news lightning round where we go okay. over a bunch of stories that we didn't have time to talk about in full in the main thing, because right now there's no time because there's 30,000 TV shows on. Why do they space these out? Why wouldn't you put like one of, how was they like book above Fett and Hawkeye and wheel of time? and succession all in one month i would put it in like the expanse and the expanse don't forget the expanse i would not challenging to watch them all just too much tv and i mean in january and in the stuff of january too but still maybe look at your programming people anyway um (laughs) so usually i arrange these but i think i kind of just like plastered them here this time so i'm going to ask you a question first and assume you can talk about 20 seconds and then hit me back. We'll go back and forth until we have exhausted all the topics. Sounds good. Brains. Let's do it. All right. Four seconds on the clock. Daniel, the first story. The three main Harry Potter actors are back for the special 20th anniversary special airing New Year's Day. Are you interested in this? Uh, moderately. Uh, <laughs> I, I liked Harry. I mean, I enjoyed Harry Potter. It was a sure. part of my childhood. I I'm, might watch it, uh, but I'm there's so much else to watch that I, I don't care mm, yeah. too much. I, I will say I definitely wouldn't watch it without the three main characters. So oh. I'm glad those actors are back. Yeah. Without them, there was no point doing it at all. All right. Yeah. Hit me. All right. So Nick Offerman will play mm-hmm. Bill in HBO's Last of Us show. How you do play you feel? Video, you play video games, um, Daniel. You play The Last of Us? I haven't. I know it's supposed okay. to be amazing. I, I remember Bill. He's like a survivalist who like runs a town in a town that he just kind of puts oh, wow. traps and kills zombies. Nick Offerman is a comic actor. He's kind of perfect for this. He's yeah. like gruff and lives on his own. Yeah. Um, good, good, good casting choice. All right. Good. <laughs> oh, cool. I agree. Cool. All right, Daniel. Not sure if you were invested in this at all, but Netflix, after only one season, has canceled its live action Cowboy Bebop show. Sad, glad in between. Don't care. I'm sad. So I never watched the anime. I I maybe saw an episode or two at some point. The show was like a really nice uh, break from all of these other very heavy TV shows. It was my relaxation viewing for the past couple weeks. So I was bummed and I hate that they canceled it so quick. That more than anything, because it's like hasn't even been out a month. Yeah, it is. It is too bad, but um, it couldn't have done well at all. if It was that fast. And I like that it was... Yeah. Um, well, we're breaking the rules here, by the way. We got to go 20 seconds and done. Okay, hit me. Okay. The Hunger Games veteran, Amanda Stenberg, will probably lead the mysterious oh. new Star Wars show, The Acolyte. I skipped that one, didn't I? Yeah, um, Star- Acolyte, one of many Star Wars shows in the making. This one's a prequel set like the 500 or something years before the New Hope or whatever. And 
I understand. The acolyte is apparently a name referred to like a Sith trainee or something. So it could be about that, which sounds pretty cool. And I remember Amanda Stenberg from something or other. We'll never know. She was Rue. I remember her was Rue in the Hunger Games movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. And by the way, sorry, I skipped that one for you. Um, I was just uh, so excited. That's okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I really wanted to talk about Cowboy Bebop anyways, honestly. So I'm fine with it. Phew. All right. Um, in news, it will probably su- uh, surprise no one. Squid Game is Google's number one trending show for 2021. Thoughts? Did you watch it? I did. I loved it. Uh, I didn't know what to expect going into it. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Um, brutal. It was super brutal. brutal. I, yeah, I don't think it's any surprise. I think it's really ironic that the writer was told the show was too unrelatable for so long. (laughs) And then we reached this point in our, in culture where now it is a lot you could say about squid game and why it succeeded. And maybe we will. All right, go ahead. All right. Patrick Rothfuss reads uh-huh. the prologue to the Doors of Stone live on his Twitch and promises to release another chapter. Thoughts? Yeah, pretty funny. Patrick Rothfuss, uh, King Killer Chronicle author, kind of like George R. R. Martin Jr. He's writing about for 10 years, hasn't gotten it. He oh. um, he totally is. He even looks like him. George um, R. R. Martin he, Jr. <laughs> it's, it's, that's completely true. And he uh, read the prologue to his 10 years and coming book on his Twitch live and released more chapters. So maybe he is getting ready. He like lost a wager. Uh, we've talked yeah. about that for a long time, too. <laughs> yeah. Lo- lost a bet, read the prologue. Mm-hmm. And more to come. So maybe he's getting close. We'll see. Okay. I I want to say more, but we got to move on. All right. Okay. Uh, Netflix is making a YouTube after show dedicated to the Witcher season two. Will you watch Daniel? (sighs) I, I don't know if I'll watch. I have a real love hate relationship with the Witcher. I love the franchise. (laughs) I have real mixed feelings on the show. I do like that. They're doing an after show though. Um, I, the, the production's really it's got some really cool things about it. And I always love to hear more about how they make the cool creatures and the oh. magic and the world. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting though. Cause Netflix, like how do you do an after show for a show that drops all at once? You know, like you can't do it like after the episode. So they have to think of a way out yeah. and just uh, get creative Netflix, which they are. All right. And finally, yeah, I was going to ask. So you, you are watching screeners. They are doing it all at once. They're not dropping it week by week. Like oh, yeah. they did all at for once, Arcane, all I think. I like that they're experimenting, though, with like different Same. weekly things. I think that would be for the good in the long run. But yeah, Witcher is all at once. All eight will be there on Friday for better or worse. Gotcha. Oh, my gosh. All right. Last one. You ready? Not, yeah, I'm ready. Get, get me. OK, this is this is a very important one. The trailer for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore is out. Interested? No. Um, I mean, talk about like a thing that you have like mixed feelings on, really. Like I watched the first one of these and it was all of perfectly okay. The second one I didn't see, but no one seemed to like it. I'm not sure who this series is for, you know, like what need is it really filling? And it looks like they're going back to Hogwarts a lot. So it's just like a nostalgia point I don't like very much. So not really interested now, but um, yeah. So we're really bad at this game, Daniel. Julie told us time's up. Um, we can't shut <laughs> Thank up. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> some <laughs> some folk are like, we, we just we'll we'll get into a rhythm if, if we do it again. It's true. But, it's my first um, time. Okay, we'll get better. <laughs> we didn't have this thing last time you were on here. Yeah, this is a recent invention. It's true. But thanks for coming on. And I'm sorry to everybody out there. Yeah. I know Facebook was uh, being bizarre today, um, but we'll have that hopefully fixed by the next week. And then we are going to take 
it looks like uh, the 29th off for the holidays. Take a little break, drink a little eggnog, a little turkey, whatever we're doing. So we'll have uh, that time off. (laughs) Did you say fuck yeah? No, I said, oh, yeah. Okay. I, cool. I don't know if Sorry. I'm allowed to curse on this show. So I don't think I, neither I've am I. It. I just tried it. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> no, one's, it. no one's gotten in trouble yet. So must be okay. Not yet. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thanks for, for not cursing. Sorry, I did. And we stream episodes of this every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winter is Coming Facebook page and the Winter is Coming YouTube page. And we hope to see you uh, back here next time. And you can download us in podcast form on Google Play, iTunes, wherever they're available. Thanks for watching and um, have a great weekend. Bye, everybody. See you. Take care. Thanks for having me. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.